This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today I've got a congested call here. I've got Luke Walsh with me. I've got Ian Robertson of uh, We Are Luton Town and we've got Dylan Bundia. Luke, first of all, how are you getting on? Oh, good. Glad to be uh, making a return to this podcast in uh, in 2023 and, and certainly with what we've got uh, lined up in, in today's show. I think there there is time to be optimistic as, as a Luton Town fan in, in, in the... Rob Edwards' era of uh, of his reign. And Ian, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. A little bit of a cold, uh, slightly congested myself. So, uh, but yeah, it's good to be on. And Dylan, long time no see. How are you getting on? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Busy as always, but um, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, great to have all three of you on today. As I said, it's quite a congested episode. Um, quite a congested call as well so so we're going to be going through the West Brom game uh, 3-2 defeat first home defeat under Rob Edwards we'll also go through the Wigan game that, that helped us uh, claim a tie against Grimsby Town in the fourth round of the FA Cup we've also got three polls that you have kindly answered that we'll go through and we'll also speak on the under 18s game that happened yesterday where Luton claimed a spot in the fifth round of the competition. And as always, we do love a victory against QPR, whether it be under 18s, whether it be at first team level, that that feeling is still always a good one. We'll finish it off with a Wigan preview. It's two games away at Wigan in four days. Um, yeah, an interesting situation and, and something that we'll discuss in a little bit more detail as we go on. First of all, West Brom and, and before... Before we talk about the game itself, this is just a plea to Stephen Day to stop going to home games because his record 
he's absolutely atrocious. I don't know if he'll be editing this tonight or if he'll be listening a little bit, little bit later on. But Stephen, please stop going because your record is is atrocious. I don't think he's seen a win this season. I know our home record hasn't been great, but there has been a few. Um, but Stephen is yet to see a home victory. Um, I, I saw him at the game. I shouldn't have let him in. I shouldn't have <laughs> let him in. Yeah, I think we're going to have to barricade and, and prevent him from coming in um, or get rid of his season ticket. Um, yeah, either or, either or. But on to the game itself. It was two goals. It went two goals up in 10 minutes against West Brom. Carlos Corbran, who um, is becoming slightly um, slightly a villain at Kenilworth Road, given um, he, he seeming to, to do a job on us in, in sort of recent years. Um, it, it was a perfect possible start, but but as we sometimes come to say, you can sometimes go ahead too early, giving West Brom um, a real good opportunity to, to pin us back. And, and that's what they did. Yes, very well. And I'll be honest, even though we, you know, it was a great start and, and we started, with, you know, we started with loads of energy, loads of momentum. Um, you know, Morris has scored a great goal and then we scored from a set play. Even even during, in the in between those goals and, and after those goals, West Brom looked like they controlled the game. Um, that's a credit to them more than, you know, I don't, there were some weird, some people saying, you know, we were poor, we were awful. And now nah, I think West Brom were just excellent. Um and and I thought there, you know, Rob Edwards mentioned their possession structure um, and how it caused us massive problems, and it did. Um, there was just stuff going on that, and I go, Corbrand's a villain. This is a great manager, and to be honest, I, I walked away from the game kind of thinking, bloody hell, what a team we've just played against because West Brom were genuinely outstanding. Um, they caused us so many problems. So, yeah, you know, you can go ahead too early, but you know, you can still control the game. But we never really controlled the game. They they always gave us problems and. And that's more more a credit to them than than putting us down. I mean, I, I, I think I, I agree with. I think certainly in the in the first half we were um, totally on top. I think you know with with those two goals we really had a foothold and you know we, we, we seemed pretty secure. And I think the way that Rob Edwards is playing in the side and more direct football rather than the, the long ball that Nathan Jones would would uh, initi- initiate in, in, in the side um, was promising. And I think Morris, his strike outside the box was excellent. And, you know, Adebayo getting on the score sheet again um, re- really shows how those two could really work well. I mean, obviously, Morris has now gone on to pick up a slight injury, but, you know, it's it shows that there is potential there as we, we you know, start to get into January uh, and, and start to count down towards you know March April the business end of the season. Yeah, you know, if those two can continue to keep getting goals, then it's going to be you know we're, we're going to be onto something hot here. Um, but the second half it was a different game of football. Uh, <clears throat> we won't let one lucky slip up turn into another, turn into another, and then we were three two down. <laughs> we just did not, we just did not get it back, and it was just frustrating to watch and. Yeah, it was just one of those poor afternoons. I, I, I blame Stephen Day for all of that. Um, but yeah, West Brom are a side that are obviously Premier League um, calibre. And uh, yeah, I, all credit to uh, um, their, their manager. And uh, I, th- I guess we, we go again, really. I think I kind of agree with uh, Dylan. You know, it's one of them. Um, they were a fantastic side. And I was trying to wrap my brains up. Of- 
when the last time I've seen a, a better performance from an away side at Kenilworth Road. Um, we, we weren't horrible. We weren't terrible. We lost the battle in midfield against Molumbia a little bit. Um, he was outstanding, I think. Um, and I don't think we quite had that little bit of edge, that little bit of bravery that we've had in past games. But other than that, you've got to give the credit to West Brom. I think, you know, they came, they had a game plan and they, they didn't give in even though they went two goals down. They were always kind of in the game. You could see that. I think if we'd scored that third, then then it's kind of game over. It changes their game plan somewhat, but it wasn't to me. And I think it is, you've got to categorise it under, move on. You've just got to move on from it and, you know, give the credit to West Brom, I think. It's definitely a weird situation where you're two goals up um, at home, you go on to lose the game and you're not actually too deflated because you, you understand how good of a team West Brom are, um, of course, I think that they're on to, to real good things this season. I don't think they're going to challenge the, the authority of the top two, but I think they, they could run it close. Um, definitely, definitely one of the best sides we've seen at, at Kenilworth Road in, in a long time. Um, but we did compete. We did um, create chances. Uh, obviously, we're a very, very good side So so and a tough place to come to. So, of course, it's going to be difficult for teams to play. But I don't think we've seen a side come to Kenilworth Road and, and carve out as many opportunities as they did. And, and, you know, when we've played Sheffield United this season, when we played QPR, we, we make things really, really difficult for those sides that, that come and play a good brand of football. But, but yeah, as sort of alluded to already, West Brom played very, very well. Um, another win next to Corbrand's name, um, as, as we say, is becoming a bit of a villain around Kenilworth Road for... for not any negative reasons, but for winning football matches, really, and, and getting the better over us in the last sort of year or so. So, fair enough on that one, Carlos Corberan. Another talking point, um, Col- Colton Morris's goal, we have to speak about it because he was he had no, no reason to shoot. And I think we mentioned it on the first episode of Put It In The Mixer, that if he doesn't score that, then there's a lot of people in a lot more promising positions that, that probably would have had a go at him. But no. He finds the bottom corner and it just goes to show, Dylan, that he scores all types of goals. Um, yeah, he does. And I think um, off both feet, he's ridiculous. You know, genuinely, he's both footed. It's insane. Um, and again, it's it's that power that he generates with, with, from, you know, from short, from short distances, from long distances, without much backlift. He's just able to generate this power off both feet. That's insane. And, and he did it against QPR on the edge of the box on the left side where a little little drop of the shoulder and then he just fired it into the bottom corner. And then, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the keeper and I think everyone in the stadium and the, the, the defenders all thought he was going to switch out to Bell. Um, and you can see from the from the video, Palmer's just kind of shuffling across his, his goal line thinking, oh, you know, I'll just follow this out to to that, to that well, to his right side, to our left side. And then Morris somehow just pummels it into the bottom corner. I mean, honestly, every week he's just been, he's just been unbelievable. Um, and and long may it continue because genuinely we have one of the best centre forwards in the league, um, and he's he just fits everything we're doing so well at the minute. So look, hopefully he's fit for for Saturday against Wigan um, because you know he's the first name on the team sheet. I think him and Locks are the first names on the team sheet on the team sheet at the minute. So yeah, but what a goal! Just not much, just more to say about it really than that. I think it's the fact that he. Um... He created it, you know, it wasn't a snapshot, it wasn't um, just a, oh, I can see a bit of space here. 
he created that work. He he drew the defenders out wide. You can see they drew the the keeper away as well, like you said, and then created that space in the goal to take the shot. Just, just you know, we, we haven't seen strikers like that at Luton for a while, and like you say, it's it's great to have someone that's two footed that can place it like that. Um, it's fantastic. And then going on to the Wigan game, of course, we've got our name in the fourth round of the competition by going to Wigan in the replay and securing a 2-1 win, courtesy of Elijah Adebayo's 98-minute goal. And I guess with Elijah Adebayo, he's, he's you know, integral to our press. He, he's somebody that, in terms of um, scoring goals this season and perhaps holding the ball up, he hasn't been um, as effective. But Ultimately, the signs have been there in, in recent weeks that, that he's getting back to, to what we know he can do. How much of a confidence boost to Luke will, will those two goals in two games give him? I mean, it's, it's going to be massive. I mean, certainly if, if you look at the Wigan game, um, Asgard's goal, uh, we, I mean, we talk about um, Carlton Morris's goal uh, against West Brom, Asgard's goal was pretty pretty damn good for, for an FA Cup third down replay. Um but yeah, I think in some regard we were very unlucky with Woodrow's uh, goal to the line. Cornet could have had one uh, sneak in there as well. Um, so you know, on on another day, you'd reckon we'd be, you know, maybe three or four goals ahead. Um, and yeah, I've, I've I'll always be the biggest Elijah Adebayo fan as well. Um, I will never stop singing his praises for what he brings to the club and what we've been able to. Um, not not only I guess educating, but you know what he can bring to the side from somebody who, yeah, you know, came from the benches of of Walsall to, just just being a, a supreme at, at Luton Town. So, yeah, it it was it it was a very interesting night. At the DW, I know uh, you know pressure will start to mount on on Colo Torre uh, at the DW, but you know we have to essentially replicate that performance for Saturday and and get three points out of him as well. And then Corley Woodrow as well, also on the score sheet. You mentioned it there, Luke. Um, good to see him getting on the score sheet and, and really starting to knock on the door in, in terms of more first-team opportunities for, well, from the start. Um, there's doubt about Morris going into this Wigan game, and we'll come on to that. So so just looking at the Woodrow's performance, what is it, Dylan, that that he gives us that, that um, adds a different kind of dimension to our attacking play? What's it about Woodrow that, that makes him... Um, someone that that you know could potentially be starting um, come come Saturday. He's just very he's very clever with his passes around the final third. Um, it's something that stood out about him at Barnsley and and so far as well is he he finds little pockets to receive in, um, and that's something that we're as a team getting better at under Rob Edwards. Um, but then that that final ball, that ability to to play someone in is is he's very very good at it, um, and he, he's just he's very clever. And then obviously he's got that. That cutting edge as well, but you know that <laughs> it seems like all of our centre forwards at the minute um, have that cutting edge as well. So that doesn't really make him stand out. But no, he's a very, very clever player around the final third who will create stuff um, and and get other people into really good positions. And I think for the week for for Wigan, if if um, if Elijah, uh, sorry, if Carl Morris isn't fit, then I think Woodrow would be would be the best option to partner uh, Elijah Adebayo, not not Cornick, because. You know, as we know, Wigan sit in a low block. They're very deep, so there's not much space in behind for Cornick to run into. You know, Cornick's getting better receiving into feet and playing back to goal, but you know he's nowhere near as good as as Woodrow is at it. So, you know, I would think that we'd probably go with with Woodrow and uh, and 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 uh, Elijah 
um, to start with. Like I think I think they both started in the FA Cup as well. Um, just to give us that interfeet play, uh, you know, dropping inside and receiving and turning out and playing forwards, just a bit better at creating stuff like that. Um, but yeah, though, that's what Woodrow brings, and he's brought that throughout his career. Um, and now we're just start, starting to now see him get some rhythm, which is really really positive because he's a he'll be a massive massive player for us, and I think even more so under Rob Edwards now. And Ian, on to the fourth round of uh, fourth round of the competition. Sorry, it's Grimsby Town. Um, see, that's a good opportunity now to to progress. Um, I think when it comes to the fourth round of the cup, you, you start looking and hoping for for Premier League uh, away days. But it's another opportunity to potentially get our, our name in the hat for for the next round. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's at home and it's not away because we very rarely beat Grimsby away. I've only seen us win there once, and that was when we got promoted from the school premier. We've been beaten quite heavily there over the years, so um, no matter where we are in the leagues, so um, I'm glad it's at home. I suppose you could always there's always potential for an upset. Um, they're not doing badly, but then obviously with McAtee going to be out for them, um, they'll be light up front. You know, we're in a very very good position to progress. There's no reason why we can't. Um, and maybe even rest a few, so um, or give chances to people that are on the periphery of the team. So, yeah, it's a good chance. I, th- I think there'll be a, a high expectation there for for us to to get past Grimsby and, and, and get our names in the fifth round. I mean, um, just just how we progressed uh, at the start of uh, last year, um, having Harrogate and Cambridge United in the fifth round. Um, I think we have to get past Grimsby quite convincingly to be able to get a name in the hat, and then you know let let, let the gods be the gods and and see who who we draw next. But um, I mean, what what one other I guess segue is that you know we have recalled uh, Peppel from uh, Grimsby. A lot of people uh, speculating whether he'll be then uh, ferried back on loan uh, to to another club. But um, I mean, I'd like to see him have at least one or two starts for, for us to see what he can bring, to, especially with uh, the success he, he'd be having at, at Grimsby before uh, coming back. Um, as I've said on the podcast before, um, I think there is a there is potential in, in, in Peppel that we need to to see what he can offer to Rob Edwards before we make a decision as to where, where he goes next. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but we, we have to get past Grimsby in, in, in two weeks' time. That, that should not be a problem. Yeah, it's a very, very good opportunity to get our, ourselves into the hat. But of course, the FA Cup is the FA Cup and it does like to throw surprises. Hopefully, we're not on the end of one of those kind of shocks. We'll go on now to the free polls that we put out via our Twitter. And we, we looked to the January transfer window for the first one when we asked what type of centre-back should we be looking to sign? I don't think it's a secret that, that we'll be seeking a centre-back this month um, in terms of the, the kind of profile of defender that, that we want and, and where they, they um, initially are in terms of their, their career progression. At the moment, we, we the three options were experienced and established a Premier League loan or EFL player that's relatively young. Before I give out the numbers I'll, I'll come around to, to you free to, to see what you think and I'll come to you first Ian where what kind of sense of actually think we should be looking to sign this month uh, well I, I think we need a ball player one that progresses out a bit like Burke um, so, someone that gives us a bit of breathing space at the back for me 
uh, quite like the lad from Hibernian, but there's quite a few teams after him now. There's question marks over his attitude, whether he'd, he'd fit our kind of ethos at Luton Town, but he's certainly a great player. Um, I can't pronounce his surname, so I won't try. It's Ryan, whatever his surname is. Um, but he looks good. So if we can grab him at a decent price, he'd be good if his attitude was right. Um, but like I said, there's a few clubs after him. But yeah, just a, a ball-winning defender, one that can to bring it out from the back and, and got a good pass on him. Um, I think that's what we what, what we need at the moment. I think if everyone's fit, fit we're just about getting by and it all, all depends on whether we're wanting to invest that little bit more money, whether we're wanting to, to get promoted this year or we're happy just sitting and flirting with the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that would be my number one target, I think. What about you, Luke? Would you go experienced and established in the Championship, Premier League loan or, or somebody perhaps from League One or Two that, that have potential to, to build themselves up to Championship level? I, I think Premier League quality would, would certainly do, do the, um, the the team some good. I mean, you, you look at somebody like uh, um, Cameron Jerome and the experience that he, he brought in, the same with Henry Lansbury. Um, you know, having more experience and, and those who have had that, that Premier League calibre come into the side has really changed the ethos, I guess, in, in the changing room and, and, you know, brings a lot of uh, experience to on, on the pitch as well. So I think if we were to get able to get a, a Premier League loan of, of a defender, um, I think that would bring, bring us huge promise and a lot to, to, to offer. But again, this is, this is the Rob Edwards era and I think, had 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 we been talking about Nathan Jones, I think we'd be saying about somebody who in, in League One or League Two who could make the step up and have the support and, and, and be able to make just as much of an impact. Um, but we'll, we'll see um, in the last couple of weeks of, of January who uh, who Edwards decides to go for. And Dylan, where, where's your head at in terms of this question? I'm going to be so boring, genuinely. Um, so I apologize. I don't apologize, but I think it's it's genuinely about. Is there someone with the profile that we want available? Um, because it's January, and genuine, and frankly, in January, there's stupid fees being thrown about for for players, and and I'm not keen on a loan. I, I know I voiced that opinion quite a few times on this pod. Um, I wouldn't be keen on a loan signing, um, and and then genuinely, it's just who's available, who fits our who fits our mould of you know we probably want to fill that left sided centre back role. Um, is there someone actually available to we can get? If there is, brilliant. If there isn't, no. You know, are they, are they athletic enough? Can they? Do they tick all the boxes that we would want for a centre half? Because at the end of the day, we've got Burke, Lockyer, Osho, Potts, Bell can fill in there as well. It's not terrible. So you know, I don't think the squad is in need of anything major. Uh, I think it's, even at centre half, I think it's okay as long as people stay fit. Um, and then you know, you sign someone, and then three people aren't playing and and it's just a catch-22. So, you know, I, I, I'm not too bothered about that. But I think it's more about, look, is there someone who actually fits what we want rather than a kind of experienced loan or, or so on? Yeah, it's a difficult one because, as you say there, you don't want to sign someone and then bring them in. And that would be at the detriment of, say, three other players that, that are not getting the necessary game time. But when you then look at the sort of the injury record and... and how many injury blows we've been dealt in our, our back line this season. It does make you think, do we? It's um, yeah, definitely an interesting question. And one that I do not envy uh, Rob Edwards in making because, um, yeah, as we, as we 
discussed before that there's positives and negatives to, to each kind of avenue he could go down. Um, on to the second one now, it's Louis Watson. All of us at Oak Road Hatter are very, very excited about his progression and, and a player that, that we think can be a big part of our future. Um, 21 years old and, and, you know, I think what we've seen so far is somebody very, very brave in possession, um, out of possession. He, he's improving game by game. Uh, somebody technically who is of a very, very high standard. We asked, do people think that he will be a regular in our championship side as, as the season progresses? Will he be a regular starting 11? Will, will he regularly be in our starting 11, should I say? Um, and I'll come to, I'll reverse the order and I'll come to Dylan first. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think there's a reason why he can't be. Um, you know, we'll have to manage him a bit because he's not got tons of experience, but I think it's about getting him in the right games. Um, you know, so far he's done really well against, you know, Wigan um, and, and that fits his game because Wigan sit in a really low block and he, he gives us solutions. He can break lines. The weight of his pass is really nice. Um, and, and the way he keeps things ticking over and his decision-making is very, very good. What will be really interesting is when we play against a team who will really want to step onto us and get a press on. And maybe they might do what we do, which is man-mark, and they might go man-mark Louis Watson. Now, that would be really interesting to see how he deals with that and how he how he deals with that challenge for his own development. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely just thinking about Saturday, yeah, against Wigan, who are going to sit in a bit more of a low block and we're going to have to break them down than absolutely 100%. There might be other games like, you know, we played QPR and I think people shouldn't forget this. We went to QPR and we were very direct. It wasn't, you know, the kind of stuff where, which we've seen under Rob Edwards because the QPR got a press on and we said, right, we'll go direct. So then maybe Louis Watson isn't as important because we're looking to protect a little bit more. So I think, yeah, in, in the right games, 100%, because he's a very, very technically gifted young player and uh, and one that, you know what, I'm really excited about. I think everyone should be, but... Let's see how he faces the challenges because he's, he's going to face different types of games, different types of challenges. How does he deal with that is, is going to be really, really interesting and, and hopefully he'll just make him better and better because he's a really good player. And Luke, what about you? Do you think we're going to see Louis Watson starting regular matches for, for Luton as the season progresses? Yeah, I, I, I entirely agree. I think certainly, um, as Dylan said, I think given the right matches and the right opportunities, he'll be able to shine and really progress uh, under the team. I mean, you know, obviously with Grimsby coming up, I mean, who's to say in the fifth round we'll get another lucky tie um, and, and that's another solid 90 minutes you would give to him. Um, yeah, it's about supporting him in, in, in the right situations where he can progress and that, you know, if, if we can get him more, more game time um, between now, now and May, then who's to say in, in August we wouldn't be starting to having those conversations, whether it be a full-time... Um, starter for, for, for the side so yeah he, he offers a lot of potential um and, and i look forward to see what 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 um what he can bring but certainly with his performances against wigan um and his appearance uh in the Huddersfield uh team i think it was in the new year um yeah he, he, he brings a lot a lot to the table dan you making it three out of three yeah it's similar kind of ethos to the two guys uh, i think it's all dependent on the game that he's playing if we want to be a little bit more possession based then i think He's great in that, in the in the middle of the midfield there. But if it's a game like West Brom, then Pelly's the right answer. You know, we saw when he, he became a little bit more flustered when he came on against West Brom, um, and I think it's just drip feeding him into the right games. 
uh, you know, when we will want to have a little bit more of the ball, then, you know, he's great for, for letting us have that because his, his pass percentage is so high. So, but yeah, it looks like a great talent. He came with a good record from Derby. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a good player for us in the future. And I've just remembered that I didn't go through the, the poll for the last one as well. So for for the what type of centre-back should we sign? We had 43% who went for experienced and established. We had 31% who wanted a Premier League loan. And then 26% who went for somebody young in the EFL. Um, as for the Louis Watson question and whether he can be a regular in our starting eleven, we had 60% at yes and 40% at no. In terms of the next one, we had Will James Bree leave. Of course, there's two Premier League clubs, one Fulham, one Nathan Jones, Southampton, that have been linked with the right wing back. Um, of course, been very, very important for us this season, not just because he's played every single minute of this league campaign, also had to slot in a right-sided centre-back and has done a good job when he's been asked in that position and also um, I think the continuation of, of creating chances I think looking at it now looking at, at big chances created in the championship he's, he's joint top so of course very very important for us um, consistency is something that that can be questioned with with James Bree but ultimately he's very very important to what we do and, and a player that's grown in importance as the years have gone on. When we look at this question, Luke, do you see James Bree departing for the Premier League or any other club in, in that matter this, this month? Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the Nathan Jones question, isn't it? It's you know the, the rumour of his, um, him being out of contract and uh, Southampton being interested so that Nathan Jones could be reunited with him uh, and, and utilise him. You know, Should Southampton be staying in, in the Premier League next season? Um, is, is an interesting one. I don't see him going. Um, I think I don't think there's 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 much time left for for, for Breed to go in, in the next two weeks. But um, and and anything can happen, really. I mean, I, I guess it's it's worth bringing up uh, for what it was worth for about half a second yesterday. The the false and um, dubious rumor of Jack Stacey coming back from from Bournemouth to, to Luton, which you know, I don't think has any material behind it. But you know. If, if if we were to get a like to like, then I, I wouldn't be against it. Um, but yeah, J- James Bree, what what he brings to the to the back line, as we discussed about um, how important our, our defense needs to be strengthened and needs to be worked on. Um, we aren't in a position where we can, we can be letting defenders go. I think we need to be keeping hold of them um, and ha- have as much of a quantity and quality balance where we we have the numbers that should we need it. But you know that the the, the the strength and, and, and the force of, 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 a, of, a, of a regular back four. And how about you, Ian? Do you think James Bree will be playing his trade in the Premier League come the end of this month? Yeah, I, I don't think there was much substance from the Fulham rumour, um, but it all depends on Southampton, really. I know they said they're one of the, he's one of their key, key targets, but they're really in need of a striker, so they'll be focusing on that at the moment. Um I, I just have a gut feeling he's not going to go. Um, I think he'll stay and, you know, it'll be hard to replace him. I mean, there's been plenty of questions over it on the forums I've seen recently about James Bree's ability on his deliveries. Somewhere I saw it was like, oh, he delivers one in every hundred. It's just, I can't fathom it out sometimes how people can see that. I mean, his delivery for uh, the second goal against West Brom was just world-class. So you can't buy that. It's, 
he's he's a really good player. I think he's been off it the last couple of games, but I think that's probably due to a few rumours and stuff. And you know, um, but I can't see him going. I think he'll be with us till the end of the season. And uh, you know, I don't think we'll, I don't think he'll renew his contract. He might be off, off more at the end rather than January. I think. Dylan, what about you? Do you think? Do you think? A Premier League move or, or a top end championship move could come to fruition given given his contract situation, or do you think these clubs might want to target him once he is a free free agent? I'd be really shocked if, if a Premier League team came in for him. Um I love James Bree. Does he make Southampton better? Because we know what Nathan Jones is all about. You know, you come out of the window stronger than you went into it. Does he make Southampton better? I don't think so. Um I'm not sure he does, and and they're using Lionco at right back, who's a centre half, and he's doing okay. Um, and then they've got Kyle Walker Peters as well, so I'm not sh- I'm not sure. And then they've got Maitland Niles who can play there as well. So I'm not sure that look when someone's got six months left of their contract, and and there's someone that obviously we desperately want to renew, then certain games will happen. Um, this is inevitable. It's part of, part of part of the January window. So. He's a very, very good player, and I think anyone who any anyone who thinks that he's not a good crosser of the ball, uh, go watch him and go look. Well, his numbers—he's got the one of the highest completions into the penalty box, uh, balls into the penalty box in, in the championship for a right back. So he's, he's he's a wonderful player, and I think that part of his game is a real strength. There are other parts he needs to get better at. That, that part, the first part of his game, is probably good enough. Is is well, it's definitely good enough for the Premier League. The other parts of his game out of possession good enough for the Premier League? I'm not sure. I think it's top end championship and I think it's a concern because top end championship clubs will be will be after him in the summer. Um and that will really challenge us. But this right now I, I I'm not sure. I, I I don't I'm not sure I believe the, the, the Premier League rumours, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. As you say, there'll be a lot of games being played, um, of course teams like Southampton and Fulham are, are looking to, to bolster their right wing back options and you, you draft a list, the clubs will be drafting a list and it'll be no surprise if he appears on those but but whether or not he's a priority target that's a completely different question and you look at James Bree as well especially when you look at the Southampton rumour um, you, you think the 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 over the overarching component of his game, which makes him, you know, a, a standout, very good player, is his set piece delivery. Um, is he going to go to Southampton and, and displace James Ward Prowse? The answer is no. So that I I think that casts more doubts in my mind as to Southampton being the potential rumor. But there could be there could be sort of that domino effect where um, Max Ahrens is being looked at by a number of Premier League clubs. If he goes, then, then Norwich will, will more than likely be looking at a right wing back. Does he then come into their thinking? So there's, a, I guess, it's not just this Premier League interest that that will be um, will be have to be wary of. I think it's sort of um, higher budget Championship teams that that will also be uh, potentially looking at a right back if if you know things don't go their way and, and they do lose their sort of uh, options in defence. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very good one. And, and going to the numbers here, 56% actually went for yes, they do see James Bree leaving and 40, uh, 44% sorry, were at no. So, of course, a very, very interesting situation to keep our eyes on. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We'll now go on to the FA Youth Cup yesterday. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Luton beat QPR 3-1. A familiar scoreline at Kenilworth Road this season. Um, Luton scoring three against QPR again. Um, of course, we had this QPR curse and it's been lifted in, in pretty much every capacity now, home, away and under 18s. It's definitely, definitely good to watch us beat QPR. But it didn't look like it was going to go that way. From the 45th second, uh, Teddy Lawrence opened the scoring for the visitors. And then responding very, very well, Jake Berger tapped in from close range with a very clever little flick. And then Ollie Lynch got on the score sheet in the 12th minute to tap home from Jacob Pinton's cross. Um, had to, to had to really, uh, I, I guess in the second half, there was a, a shift in the game plan, deployed at more of a low block and, and done it very, very well. Um, showed good levels of game management and, and discipline. Um, and then went a little bit more direct and, and Zach Nelson then in the 72nd minute it completed the scoring, sealed our name in the next round of the competition, Preston at home it is. Um, but but just looking at that game, um, first of all, Ian, we were just speaking off air that, that QPR under 18s ply their trade in the higher division. Luton as brilliant as they have been in, in their league, won 15 out of the 16 games this season, scored near 70 goals in, in 16 games. It was a, a completely different test. They're, they're not used to coming up against, you know, quality opposition like QPR, as they did yesterday. But they showed good levels of game management. And again, they, they were the better side. Yeah, I think they're just so com- they're so confident, aren't they? Um, and it doesn't matter who they're coming up against, I feel like they can win the game. I think have they only got to get three more points to win their division now, I think. Um, or something like that. So they're, they're quite close to, to clinching that. So they'll be wanting to give the FA Youth Cup a really good go. And I think the next round's really winnable. Um, and then you look at the, the, the rest of the teams that are still in it. Um, we've got a good chance to, to stamp a mark on the competition, whether we can win it or not. Obviously, that's a that's a big ask. But um, we can certainly, you know, they can make a name for themselves and 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 start introducing themselves into the you know the Luton team and start getting on the bench and getting some experience. Um, you know, there's so many good players in that team at the moment, and by the looks of it, very well managed. You know, they've really taken to McCormack's ethos on board, which, by his own admission, is a completely different setup to what it was last season. So, yeah, it's exciting stuff. I mean, it's great to see everyone getting behind them as well. You know, not just Luton fans, but obviously, there was over 150 QPR fans there yesterday, and that's what we like to see, don't we? 
hundred percent. And and Dylan, just coming to you because I don't know if you know any more than me. Um, but but looking at the uh, sort of the academy system, um, Luton are a category three academy at the moment, trying to to become a category two academy. It's my understanding that that if we were to to win this league, it, it doesn't necessarily take you into to the higher division because you have to. Uh, become a category two club to to progress. I don't know if, how true that is, but but that's my understanding of it. I could have made that up completely. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, honestly, my, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. But regardless, it's so important that we get to cat two um, because you know we we want to be a Premier League club, and you know when you're a Premier League club, you want to bring players through, and and that's why you know we want to get to cat two. I'm not sure on the on the divisions thing. I'm I'm not too knowledgeable about that, but. Um, but yeah, look, the the aim is to, we want to we want to put we want to push up, we want to progress. We're a top end championship team. We want to be a cat two academy, um, and that would be really good for us because we want obviously the, you know we haven't had many many youth team players coming through to the first team, um, and that's mainly due to the first team's progression in such a short space of time. Um, you know, you're kind of always playing cat. They're always kind of playing catch up with that. Um, obviously, we've had quite a few going and playing league two, non league, which has been really nice to see. And then Casey Petit as well. Sorry. Um, I can't forget him has been in the squad quite a lot recently, but yeah, I, I think I'm not I'm not sure about that, but hopefully we can get that cat two status sorted soon and and really really push the the young players of of the town on. Yeah, very uh, very exciting. Doesn't it correlate to the upgrading training facilities, i.e. the the dome as well? I think that takes you into cat two status, and therefore we can then progress. I don't know if we can go into the the division above without it, I'm not sure. Um, but I knew that would have, that would have gained us that whether that was an automatic gain in that status or not because of the upgrade of facilities or not. But that's kind of gone by the wayside. We, we haven't heard too much about that, so I'm guessing there's not much progress. Yeah, and I think it's probably at this point uh, uh, it's fair to to give them all a shout out because I went into the game with sort of an expectation. Um, I guess I expected good football, but I think I was blown away by by some of the football we were playing, by how disciplined we were, and I guess going position by position. Sam Bentley in the, in, in goal, very very good commanding of his box. He, he whipped the ball at his feet. He was good. The two centre backs, uh, Bateson and Vickers, very very assured, very mature. Uh, had a real uh, real battle against uh, Collie, who who QPR striker. Um, Looks very, very good, but <coughs> I think these, these two uh, defenders got the most out of them. Um, and, and then right back and left back, we, we had Joe Johnson and Jacob Pinnington, the captain, both very, very attacking, but but had bundles of energy defensively. Um, they, they won their battles as well. Um, very, very interesting to see that, that we were playing, playing in a diamond. Um, and as mentioned before, Alan McCormack, Saw success with the Hatters during the eighteen nineteen season. Yeah, in that formation is something that that's been implemented over to, to his side. We had Jake Berger in a holding position. I think I put it in the group chat. I always thought that Berger was a striker because of all the goals he scored. But but nope, he's just a very very intelligent midfielder. Keeps the ball ticking. Uh, read the game very well. Uh, two midfielders as well, sort of alongside them, a little bit wider. We had Jaden Luca and, and Archie Heron to, again. Bundles of energy, technically very, very good. Um, pressed very, very well. Uh, and then 
my pick of the bunch, Zach Nelson, who, who went on to, to win the game. You can see why, why he's been involved in the first team setting in, in um, sort of recent weeks and months. He's a very, very um, athletic player, but but also on the ball. He, he's technically very gifted, carved open the defence and, and somebody that looked probably a level above last night, which is very, very exciting to see. And then two strikers, Ollie Lynch, who was a complete handful the, the whole time, winning his headers, but also with the ball at his feet, he got past his, his defender. And, and another one that's very intelligent with the ball at his feet and, and has a very, very good understanding with, with Miller Matthew Lewis, who pace and, again, athleticism caused all sorts of problems. So, yeah, I think it's fair to, to shout all these players out because they're they're doing incredible at the moment, both in the league and, and progressing in the FA Youth Cup. Very, very exciting to, to see how far they can go. Um, as Ian said, they're, they're edging closer to winning the league. And, you know, we're in January. That's that's an incredible achievement. So, yeah, the under-18s are absolutely flying at the moment. And it makes it very exciting for us to you know, consider the pipeline and, and consider which players can potentially make an impact at first-team level as, as we're starting to see the academy catch up with the, the progress of the first team in the recent years. Because, of course, when you're when you're a fifth-tier club, you, you can't attract the, the same level of player as, as when you're a championship club. So I think we're starting to see uh, the two level out at the moment. I think it's going to hopefully help us find the next James Justin. Um, that, that's the ultimate mission, I guess. Um, but yeah, as as I say, it's, it's very good to see. I wasn't expecting to see as good football as I saw last night um, in terms of pressing as well. Very intelligent, very um, athletic and, and a lot of values that, that are um, critical within the first team are, in dis- are on display, sorry, uh, under 18 level, which is, of course, very, very good to see. We'll now go on to Wigan away and it feels just like yesterday that we'll preview in Wigan away. Um, it's two games up in Lancashire in, in very quick succession. And, and I guess the first question is, is, is how difficult is it to prepare when you've just been to the same place and, and you know, the, the job's going to be quite similar. You, you expect Wigan to, to deploy this sort of low block and they're in a position at the moment where they need to, pick up points anyway, anyway um, that they're not going to bring an expansive style of play to the game. What what do you expect here and what do you expect from Wigan? Do you expect this game to play out in a similar way to, to what we've just seen on, on Tuesday? No, I expect a, something a little bit different. Like Edward said, it'll be a different game. Um, obviously, that they, they had a few players out the other day and they've got some new players that they've signed that'll come in. Um, I felt they... Although we weren't ruthless the other night, they kind of rolled over towards the end. I don't know how much they wanted it. I think they'll they'll want it a lot more this weekend. Um, they've got some dangerous players, um, you know, McLean and Asgard. I, like, I really like Asgard. I think he, that's the second time he's netted against us this season, I think. Um, and he's been getting limited minutes. Um, I did a little interview with our programme for this weekend, I think, and it was before the FA Cup game and I, I, they said who's likely to score and I said Asgard and he went and scored in the FA Cup. Um, but, you know, they've tightened up a little bit in defence. It's going to be tricky still. They're not going to roll over, but I think they'll, they'll be up for it a little bit more this weekend than they were in the FA Cup, I think. And just looking, um, Luke here, 
Wigan have got the worst home record in the division, uh, picked up at a rate of 0.64 points per game at home this season. Um, of course, Colo Torres in, they've, they've made a few signings. How much would you read into to the fact that they've been having troubles at I home? I mean, it, it all takes one one result to sort of change the, the morale and, and sort of change things around, doesn't it? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think Colo Torres has mountain pressure, as, as I said earlier on. Um, certainly, to lose to Luton in, in the Cup and League in, in the same week would be very deflating, um, especially when, you know, Luton could have had three or four goals easily um, on, on a different night had it not been for goal line technology, I guess. Um, but yeah, if, if we see an, another performance like that, then it will continue to mount pressure on on, uh, on, on the Latic. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would hate to be uh, Colo Torre right now in this management team because they have to really pull out the stops to really get themselves in, in into a fight and, and sort of change, change things around in such a short period of time. We'll now come over for score predictions. Dylan, what do you think on Saturday? Uh I think we'll I think we'll get the win. Um I think we'll win two nil. Two on the bounce. Two in Wigan. Back to Lugan. Love it. Love it. Ian, what about you? Uh, a little bit closer, two one, two one win I think. Uh, you know, we need the three points and uh, so do they. So I think it'll be pretty tight, but 2-1 to Luke. Luke, you continuing this optimism? Alabama hat-trick, why not? I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to go 3-1 Luton. Um, I think that could be the first time where we've had um, all three, all, all four victories, sorry. Um, not too often. We have four in a call. Not too often when we get four positive score predictions. So, uh Hopefully that's not the catalyst for a disastrous performance and display. Let's hope not anyway, because it's a good opportunity again to, to you know, make ground after we've just lost some um, against West Brom. But that is all for today. A big thanks to the three of you for joining and a big thanks to everybody else for listening in. Please check us out on socials. We are Oprah at Oprah on Twitter. We are Oprah on Instagram. And please check out our YouTube as we've got our first video from our Put It in the Mixer show on there at the moment. That's Oprah Patter as well. And of course, the website is www.oprohatter.com. But until next time, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.